0: Welcome to It's All About the Questions, where learning to ask the right questions can help you achieve lifelong success. Now, here to help you ask all the right questions is award-winning author, international speaker, and business strategist, Laura Stewart.
1: Good morning, afternoon, and evening, everyone, and welcome, welcome, welcome back to the show this week. It's a joy, as always, and it's Thanksgiving week right now, and With Thanksgiving coming and the rest of the holidays coming, no matter where you are in the world, whether you celebrate Thanksgiving like we do here in the United States, or you have your own version of giving thanks, a lot of conflict often happens when families gather together. And sometimes that conflict comes from, well, no, I'm supposed to be with you this holiday. No, I want to go with my other friends for the holiday or the other half of the family. And conflict really Over this time period through the end of the year, I have seen in my own life and friends' lives and clients' lives how much more stress is involved with it. And I'm so glad to say that Mari Frank, who was on a few weeks ago talking about negotiation, she is an attorney and has spent 33 years as a mediator helping people resolve conflict and finding the least annoying method to getting together along one path that everybody can live with. And we were, she was going to come back on to talk about privacy, but we talked about it, and conflict resolution seemed like the best way to go. So Mari Frank, thank you so much for coming back on and being willing to talk about this topic that impacts everybody at some point in their life. Right. Thank you
0: so much for inviting me back, Laura. It's uh, it's such a thrill to be able to share some of these things As I hope will be my legacy in my life, is to help people have more peace in their lives so they can enjoy their lives.
1: You know, it's really interesting because I just read an article for Vero's Voice magazine, and I didn't even connect the dots till just this moment, but I wrote an article about the apps I have on my phone to help bring calm to help when you're getting all stressed out with the holidays. Those are the six apps that I use to kind of put myself back into a state of peace. But that doesn't always work for people. You can't just turn on an app and resolve conflict with family members or business partners or soon-to-be ex-family members. I don't know how you do it as a mediator because I remember – I was a facilitator after I got my master's degree in organizational behavior for Pitney Bowes for a number of years, and I remember saying, we can solve this if we all work together with a smile on my face, and then one day I thought I was going to explode because I just couldn't say that anymore. So how do you do this? (laughs)
0: Well, you know, I'm glad you brought up about the apps that you do every morning. And I've been doing this for, oh, my gosh, since I'm 19 years old. I meditate. And so that helps me to ground myself, first of all, is because it's really, um, if you're not mindful, if you're not really centered yourself, it's really hard to be around other people who are acting in a very aggressive or hostile manner. So for me, how I do it is to first ground myself, and then before I go into any kind of conflict, whether it's with my my spouse or with other people who I have a challenge with or my clients or all of these mediations, I, first of all, before I go in, I center myself, and I do that with some breathing exercises, with some visualization, and then I kind of imagine that there's this uh, protective shield around me, a peaceful shield around me. And if I'm calm, it helps me to, no matter what, to be calm in the moment. I don't know if anybody have seen the, the new movie, Neighborhood, you know, with um, with Tom Hanks. And he, <laughs> it just reminded me of that. He, No matter how much uh, he was attacked by the gentleman who was the journalist, He's just very, very calm, and that just changes everything. So for us to be around people like that, we first have to be calm, just like you were saying there, Laura. We first have to be calm, and then I have to remember that it's really, when it's other people's dispute, it's about them. It's like if you have an orange and you squeeze an orange, only juice, orange juice comes out. So... So if somebody is, you know, raging, it's their own rage that's coming out. And you don't have to buy into it. Just because someone is screaming at you or yelling at you or disagreeing with you, you can be peaceful and know this is them. This is about that person. And that helps quite a bit. You don't have to take it personally. You don't have to be um, defensive. You can just listen and then calmly respond And it only takes one person to stop a conflict. It only takes one person. So
1: we each can be that person. What you just said about it only takes one person to stop a conflict is I've never really, you know, if I looked at it, I don't think I ever consciously thought of it that way, that it takes one person to stop a conflict. I know I've tried to be that person in many different points in my life. I've had two divorces, and yet... It sounds so much easier on the surface because when you're in the middle of it, say in the middle of a divorce or you're at a family dinner and one person's political views are different than another or even on social media, Mari. I mean, the stuff that I watch people just get triggered on. Right. How do, what would you say to somebody? What question would you say to them to help them while they're feeling like they're attacked when this person is spewing their own stuff to be able to step back. Because it, it seems like it's simple but it's so
0: personal for people. It's a challenge. It's a challenge because our brain is wired in such a way that we automatically it's a it's an automatic reaction. If someone attacks you, automatically our our primitive brain, our amygdala, which are these two little almond shaped um, organs in our brain immediately react, and it's the fight, flight, or freeze response. So we have to take a, a, a break there and as soon as we feel that because it's automatic. We don't have any choice about getting angry. We have a choice about how we are going to respond to it. Are we going to automatically react or are we going to respond? And so the question to ask is our, of ourselves rather than the other person first. You know, what am I? How do I want to respond? I ask myself, how do I want to respond? And then I take a breath, and my response is always going to be something like, "Tell me more," or I might even say, "Gee, you know, that hurts," or, "Gee, you know, I'm I'm surprised by that that statement." Help me understand what you mean. So I will answer that, how do I wish to respond, by I wish to respond calmly. I wish to respond calmly. I don't want to react in a knee-jerk reaction. And it is, it takes practice. It takes mindfulness. It takes being conscious. And so often we react. You know, I was listening to Bruce Lipton, who, who wrote, Um, The Biology of Belief, and he is just amazing. And he talks about 95% of what we do in our lives is basically from our unconscious. Only 5% is from our conscious mind. That means we are responding to things that happened to us when we were seven years old or six years old or earlier. So we have to stop and say, what is happening right now? how do I want to respond right now? Not the way I responded when I was six years old or even when I was with my ex spouse or anything. How do I want to respond? Just that question, you know, is so helpful because I remember when I went through my own divorce, um, I, it was, it was heated, you know, it was, it was, there was a lot of anger in there by both of us. And Uh, he would yell at me, and at first I would yell back. And then I said to myself, wait a minute, I don't want to do this. That's exactly what he wants me to do. He wants me to engage, and I don't want to engage because then I'm going to feel crummy afterwards.
1: Okay. Now, Now, thinking about that, Mari, that, you know, that other person wants you to engage, what if, While you're going through this conflict, this person's yelling, screaming, getting angry, like their body language is moving in towards you even more if they're in person with you, the things seem to be escalating. No matter what you're doing with calm and how you're responding versus reacting, what if that doesn't stop that person from being in that is is it okay to walk away
0: that's that's a really good question yes because if they're so worked up and they're in that remember the brain they're in that amygdala they're in that fight mode and they can't relax they can't get calm to get back into their frontal lobes which is their logical mind their executive functioning so it's a brain issue. If they're like that, remove yourself. Yes, remove yourself. So you say, you know, I'd really like to talk to you about this, but I think it's, a, it's everything's really hot right now. Let's take a break. You know, don't blame them and say, you're just nuts right now. I can't speak with you. That's only going to make it worse, and they might get, you know, physical or something. So you just say, you know, this isn't working for us right now. Let's take a break and come back when we can both be calm. Let's make a time to do that. Yes, you must remove yourself because if you are staying calm, and you, or if you feel you're going to lose it, <laughs> if I feel I'm going to lose it because something was so um, intense and hit me right to the core, and I haven't and I know to, to stop and be calm, but I feel like it's just not working for me maybe I'm sick, maybe I'm tired, whatever it is, I'm just going to say, you know, this is, this is not working right now. Let's just take a break and make a time to get back together
1: and discuss this. Okay, and yeah. what if a person says no and just keeps following you and, and won't well, let you, you get there? You need it. to leave because they're already
0: in the aggressive mode. You need to remove yourself because it could be dangerous. Yeah, remove yourself. Okay so there are times there oh yeah, there's times that, that it's not the right time to do it. I saw something really funny on the internet that said um, if you you know for this Thanksgiving, um, if you talk politics or religion, um, talk politics or religion if you want to buy fewer Christmas gifts. I thought <laughs> it was so funny. So, you know when you you know we were you were talking about Thanksgiving, this should be a time of giving and receiving and having fun and relating in a nice way. Do not bring up something that is a hot button. And if somebody does say, "Hey, let's make this really fun. Let's let's tell a story or let's play a game." Uh, a, a mind game or something what do you think ever go around the room what is everybody thankful for stop it before it starts or if somebody wants to say about the cousin that didn't come and start gossiping about that or did you hear this about whatever or he's a drunk or whatever <laughs> just again you be the one to say hey let's have fun this time let's let's everybody start with. What are you thankful for? I'm going to say, I'm thankful for this great food. Thank you for inviting us. And then say, okay, next person, what are you thankful for? And just immediately change the subject.
1: There always seems to be at holiday gatherings, whether it's a company Christmas party or it's, you know, it's just a family gathering, something like that. The one person that always just, likes to stir up conflict or maybe drinks too much and another side of their personality comes out. How do you suggest somebody handle that kind of situation? Is it a preventive situation to speak to them beforehand? And and how would you even approach that? Because maybe you can't not invite that person that you know is always trying to drive up conflict. Well, one thing you
0: could do if you're having a, a Christmas party for, or a holiday party for for business, um, what I used to do is just say, we're not going to have alcohol. We're just not going to have alcohol. We're going to have great food. We're going to have fun. We're going to do improv. We're going to do this. Just don't have alcohol. If you know that this has happened in the past, don't have alcohol. Or just have, you know, uh, wine or whatever. That's one thing. Yeah, you have to think ahead of time. You have to be strategic about how you're going to do it. And, you know, and you have to maybe send out ahead of time what's going to be on the agenda. Like this is this holiday party, please no one talk politics, no one talk religion, you know, put, put just ask people to do that and just plan it so that there isn't a problem. You know, I I know I'm having a holiday party for a bunch of people for my my church that we're going to be doing fun, and we're going to be doing improv. <laughs> improv at <laughs> so your church holiday party? I love that. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's a group that I run, you know, a facilitative group, a spiritual group. And so we're going to have a potluck, and we're going to do improv before we do some of the other things that we're planning. And so plan it really well to avoid those type of things. It's, you know, you were talking about being preventive. Be preventive.
1: Okay. So you've done everything you can to be preventive. Right. You have a holiday party that you decided, say, you don't want to limit alcohol, uh, or you're at a place where that's not a possibility. You're an right. attendee at an event, and somebody's had too much to drink, they're getting aggressive or they're, getting, um, they're stepping over the line, whether yeah. it's sexual stepping over the line or it's a, um, an angry stepping over the line. You can't leave for whatever reason. Maybe it's your house <laughs> and, yeah. and you can't leave. What, how do you handle that? What would yeah. you suggest? Well, if it's your
0: own party or your own house, then you you need to bring that person into the a different room and talk to them about it and just say, hey, you know, this is what's going on. You know, we really appreciate your being here. We want to have fun. Let's switch gears and see if they can do that. If not, see if you can get somebody to take them home or call it Uber or a cab or something. You know, that actually happened to me. I, I had to take away keys from somebody at a party that I had. And it was not easy, and she got very angry at me, but it was I wanted to save her life. So um, I think you have to talk to them. Or if it's a party, when you're the boss, then uh, you have to talk to somebody. You know, let's say you're at a restaurant. You have to talk to somebody. Or, you know, if it gets really out of hand, you know, you have to have several people. They're good friends. Talk to them. If that doesn't work, you call the police. I mean, you just take it in steps you know, baby steps to first try and talk to that person. It's hard to deal with somebody who's been drinking because they can't even get to that stage where they're going to understand what's going on. I mean, I've been with people like that, and you cannot reason with somebody who's drunk. You you know, it's very difficult to do. So you just have to get them home or get them into an Uber or whatever it is that um, you can deal with them. But I want to share, you know, I you know how I am with acronyms.
1: Yeah, before before you share that though, I just want to talk about this a little bit more because of time frame. I know we we'll won't be able to get into your acronym before we go into national news. Um, but I had a I had a thought on what you were just talking about, Mari, with the parties and and everything. I have some friends that cannot handle conflict whatsoever. It, it's like they collapse at mm. the thought of somebody is getting, you know, they get scared, okay? They just literally cannot handle conflict of any kind. They so will they accept agree. whatever people say just because the thought of conflict literally makes them shake in their boots. Mm-hmm. And I've often been brought in to handle the conflict for them, even though I don't like handling conflict, but I'd rather handle it than not handle it. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> How do you, what do you think about somebody if they're having a party or even if it's a family gathering, right? That you're hosting or you're going to setting it up that okay, this person is the conflict resolver or the mediator, and and getting a friend or a family member on board before something that would help you with handle those things. Well, I think it's a great idea. the, the challenge is um,
0: what if it's somebody getting into a conflict that they, um, you know, it's too close to them. You know what I mean? Right. So you can you can have a backup. <laughs> and everybody in a family knows who's the peacemaker. Everybody knows that, you know. Right. So you can kind of say, hey, you're the peacemaker. Go in and talk to them. It has to be somebody that they respect. If, if, um, if somebody starts talking politics and they start screaming at everybody else that, you know, you don't know what you're talking about, and that person does not respect the person who's the peacemaker. It's not going to work. So it has to be someone that is respected, um, uh, so that they will be heard. And again, I, I, the, the challenge is is when you're in that amygdala, you know, when you're you're, you're responding from that fight, flight, or freeze. You have to do something to get them out of that place, okay? So whatever it is to change the subject, get them calm, and then move on. So that's that's the, the issue is that it is a brain issue. It is a physical issue that's going on. And all the talk in the world, if they're out of their mind at that point, it's not going to work until you get them counted. That's why I was ready to go on my, my, uh, my acronym, because that deals with the amygdala going on. So okay. um, and, and if you're ready, I'd like to share that. Yeah. Uh,
1: sometimes, though, Maury, the conflict is not an overt conflict and Uh I guess I must not have turned off call waiting on my phone. I apologize, everybody. Still calling in because of my ear issue. Um, Sometimes I've seen the conflict coming as, you know, it's coming from a calm place. It's almost like a narcissistic, well, I'm always going to be right, and you can see the smirkness coming from them. They're not yelling. They're not angry. They seem very controlled, and they're wanting to drive conflict. Have you seen that in your meetings? Oh, for sure, for sure, absolutely.
0: Kind of an arrogant approach,
1: right? Is that I'm right, still? no
0: matter what you say. I'm right. Well, okay. So do I have to? Do I have to prove that they're wrong? No, I don't really. I, I'm never going to prove that someone that is like that is wrong. They're not ready to listen anyway because. No matter what, they're going to be right. And so at that point, if I'm at a holiday party, I'm just going to go talk to somebody else. It's not worth my energy. It's like on the Internet. If I post something and someone starts arguing with me, I go, oh, that's, that's an interesting perspective. I see it differently and move on, you know. it's Do we want to in this our short lifetime Especially when we're with family or friends for a holiday and we want to be thankful, don't engage. If they if they would rather be right than happy, okay, be right but but not happy. Just remove yourself and don't get angry about it. It's it's not
1: worth it, right? Right. All right. I That's love I that. <laughs> I, I think it's important before we talk about your your tips for how to convert conflict into collaboration going even deeper with your acronyms, which I totally love is to understand that conflict does not always appear as anger or forcefulness or whatever in relation to how we're dealing with this. Sometimes it comes from somebody being arrogant or, but in a very quiet way, keep pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing their point. I know my, friend is going through a horrible divorce going through this. So um, now that we understand that conflict can come in many different ways, everybody, when we come back from the National News Brief, we are going to be here continuing with the amazing Maury Frank expert on conflict resolution, negotiation, and more things than we can cover in multiple, multiple shows. So, uh, Mari, when we come back, you're going to share your uh, conflict about what can work in any kind of conflict, right? Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Everybody will be right back with more of It's All About the Questions right after the national news. Welcome back, everyone. If you missed the first half, boy, you missed so much great information on how to resolve conflict, potentially stop conflict in its tracks and to move past conflict. And we're going to keep continuing with that topic with uh, my, my guest who I had to have back on the show, even though she was just on here a few weeks ago talking about negotiation. I've got Mari Frank on the show back with us. And Mari, um, you just always share such powerful, powerful questions we need to ask ourselves um, with your topic and and with life and I loved what you talked about in the first half. You said it only takes one person to stop a conflict and what we should always do when we're in a conflict is ask ourselves before we do or say anything, how do I wish to respond? I love that. And now you have one of your famous famous acronyms you're going to share <laughs> with us on um how to convert conflict into collaboration. So so does it work in any conflict and and what is it? Yes it does. But before I just want to say for
0: those of you who are listening, you know, we conflict is inevitable, right? I just want to say that first. That conflict is going to happen in your life many 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 many, many times. Conflict is a divergence of perspectives. So I will have conflict with my husband. That doesn't mean I have combat. So conflict is inevitable. Combat combat is avoidable. So I don't have to get into a fight just because we have conflict. And I think that's the most important thing to remember. It's okay. You don't have to be afraid of conflict. Welcome it as an opportunity to engage in greater understanding. Look at it as a gift in disguise. Okay, now let me give you the uh, how to transform. Okay. My okay. my acronym is Hard Love. <laughs> hard love. It's hard to love somebody when you're in conflict. So it's right. an easy way to remember it. I you know, for me, I have to have something the, an acronym to remember all these things that I do. So it, it helps my clients, and it helps my audiences, too. Okay, so when you're in conflict, somebody comes in, a, just attacks you or accuses you or whatever it is, and you got a conflict there, you're, you're upset, <clears throat> the first thing you do is H, halt. Don't do or say anything until you stop and say to yourself, which you just mentioned a few minutes ago, how do I want to respond? That be, that should be automatic stop. Just see a big stop sign, halt, okay? Or somebody's hand up there, halt. The second thing you do is A for anger control. And what I mean by that is you can't stop the anger that's dead. That just swells up in you. It's an automatic emotion and it's okay. Anger is a signal. It's like a an alarm going off. Uh oh, uh oh. Something is going on that is I have to be protective of. Okay? So anger is your ally. It just tells you, watch it, watch it, there's some kind of danger here. So anger control and I'm gonna tell you how I do the anger control. So for me, if somebody says something that really gets me, it's like a knife in my solar plexus.
1: Oh, yeah, I've been there.
0: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) right? So I first feel it. I let my attention go to where I'm feeling it in my body. You're going to feel it like a solar plexus or people get tight in the shoulders or they get a back pain or their face gets red. They feel heaps. I have talked with so many of my students about how they respond. It can be anything, but it is a physical response. It always is. So feel that. That's the beginning of your anger control is to feel where you feel it in your body. As soon as you take that mental uh, assessment of your body and feel where it is, that automatically helps you to relieve it.
1: Okay? Okay. All right, that's interesting because uh, Dr. Joan Rosenberg has been a guest on my show several times, and she wrote a book called "Nine Seconds to uh, Ninety Seconds to a Life You Love." And one of the things that she tells you is if you're feeling an emotion, let it wash through you for ninety seconds because that takes the charge off of it. Right. Right, Uh, that's very similar,
0: but you don't even have to do it for 90 seconds, you know, because I've been doing this for a long time. For me, I don't have to do it 90 seconds. All I have to do is take this, I have to just, I have to focus on what's going on in my body. Got it. I have to literally focus on it, and as soon as I focus on it, I can breathe into it, and that could take me maybe two or three seconds, okay, just to do that. Okay, and the R? The R is reverse. The negative reaction okay this is what I do all right when I feel that knife in the solar plexus I take a breath and then I take the knife out I literally in one second just visualize I'm taking that knife out so every time I get angry that's where I feel it and if, if anyone listening here if you pay attention you're always going to feel it in the same part of your body So if you feel tightness in your shoulders, just imagine something soothing your shoulder, whether it's a quick massage or whether if your face is hot, just imagine cool water on it. Actually reverse that physical reaction with whatever you know to do. So in other words, you don't have to do it in that time. Think about something that gets you real angry. Feel your body right now as you're listening to this show. And if it's in your stomach, if it's in your shoulders, if it's in your back, if it's in your head, feel it. Think of something that got you real mad, feel it, and now think of something to reverse it so that the next time this happens, you've got a strategy.
1: Okay? All right, so, that's a brilliant, That's whether it's conflict or anything, it doesn't matter We all get those feelings, whether it's anxiety, whatever it may be. I've learned with my ear that when it starts happening and I get triggered, I picture myself in the cockpit of the Millennium Falcon with the hyperspace throttle and I'm turning it down. Beautiful.
0: That's exactly the idea. Okay. Have something ready that you know you're going to do. Okay. And And, and, and that way it will only take one or two seconds. Okay? Got it. D is disengage. Look at the person, and if they look really angry, just disengage. Meaning, just breathe into calmness. Just be calm. Don't, don't react. Don't even respond yet. Just, just listen. Okay, that's the disengage. Okay, is to disengage is don't allow that anger to uh, go anywhere. All right. The okay. next thing <clears throat> leads into, you know, uh, in other words, release being defensive. That's that's probably the better way to say it. Just be released being defensive. And, again, for me, I always think, okay, this is their stuff, not mine. It's their stuff, not mine. That helps me to not be defensive. Okay. All right. the so that's L hard. Thing, yes, it is. But it's practice. It's like, you know, the first time you drove a car and you had to – do so. You had to focus on your foot and focus on your, your, you know, the number Putting your hands in a three position, num, uh, three o'clock position, or whatever. Right. You know, it was a lot. It again, it's a practice. It's a skill that I'm showing you. Right. All right. L so stands love? for listen actively. Okay. What does that mean? That means that you're not listening, that you're ready to respond, like you're thinking, oh, well, he's wrong, I'm going to say this, I'm going to say that. Just listen calmly because listening calmly gives you information that is power, how information is power. It helps you to respond, okay? But you want to listen actively when you're in conflict so that you can do the next thing, which is openly mirror. Okay, So, in other words, if someone says to me, well, you didn't invite them to the party, and, you know, they're mad about that, let's say, so I would say, oh, I hear that you're concerned that, you know, Steve was not invited to the party. Is that correct? So I am going to mirror back what they say in a nice, calm way. If they use profanity, I'm not going to, you know, use that profanity. I'm going to reframe it, just in the nicest way possible. I heard you say that you're concerned that I didn't invite your cousin, is uh, or or that your cousin isn't here. Is that correct? And then they say, Yeah, I'm I'm upset. Why didn't you do that? You should have done that. And then you can respond, Well, thank you, you know, for telling me about your concern. This is this is what happened. This is, you know. Whatever it is, then you can calmly respond if they again come at you. Well, that's no good excuse. You can say, I hear you saying that you're not comfortable with the way I handled it. I, I apologize that you were not comfortable. This is the decision that I had to make given the circumstances. Okay. So, again, you keep, you, you hear what they say. You keep responding with mirroring what they said. After that, you could do the questions, the open-ended questions. How do you think I should have done that? Or how how would you have done it differently? Or how can I do something that would make you feel more comfortable right now? Or how can we do this differently in the future? So that you open it up to get them engaged in problem-solving, or what I've talked about last time I was on the show, which is, what I call solutioneering. Let's look for solutions.
1: All right. What if, though, with that, it actually just revs a person up more, right? Because what they really want to do is just make you wrong.
0: Well, then you could just say, you know, I, I hear what you say, and if I offended you in any way by what I did, then I apologize. It doesn't mean you're... You're apologizing for what you did. You're apologizing for how they felt, okay? So that okay. is another way to just de-escalate it.
1: Okay, okay. All next right. and
0: So So we've done H for halt, meaning just don't say anything, don't do anything, just breathe. A, anger control, feel it, where is it? In your solar plexus, in your shoulders, whatever. R, reverse the negative reaction, just like you were saying, what you do, you go into a hyper chamber or whatever it is. Uh, for me, I pull out the knife. D, disengage. That means that I don't say anything. I don't get defensive. I remember at that point, it's about them. It's not about me. Okay? It's not about me getting defensive. L, this is the most important one. Listen actively because when I listen to somebody, I am acknowledging them as a human being. I'm legitimizing them as a person. I'm giving them respect. So active listening and just being there calmly totally transforms the situation. And I I have a whole course on how to listen actively, but this is (laughs) the short one. Okay, openly mirrored. You mirror back what they say, but you reframe anything that was profane. V we talk about voicing open ended questions. E is embrace solutions. Okay. And I just add another one which is if they are out of their mind, if they just are so worked up, then you want to leave with dignity. Leave with dignity. Just just if if none of that works, which there are times when somebody's so out of control or they've been drinking or they're on some drugs or whatever it is, or they're tired and they're just out of it, then just exit or leave. and oh, So yeah, E you can do it in that way In the nicest way possible, whether you're on the phone and you say, you know, this isn't working, I'm going to need to get off the phone, let's talk later or you need to leave the room, or you need to leave the party. Whatever it is, you remove yourself if they cannot. If what you're doing doesn't work at that moment, then you need to cut it off to protect yourself.
1: Are there ever situations you've seen or know of where there just is no resolving the conflict? There's no way to resolve it? of course and that's why people
0: go into losses you know where where both parties would rather be right than happy until they use up all their money for example they they have to be right and if two parties have to be right okay and they are not willing to look at the underlying interests of each party then yeah you know they either no longer be friends okay if it was a friendship and they just have this thing that, you know, beyond, you know, one party or the other refuses to be engaged, then, okay, let it go. It's not meant to be. That relationship is no longer meant to be. If they're not, both parties have to be willing to find a solution. There is a solution sitting in every conflict. That I know. But if the parties if both parties or if all the parties aren't willing to do that then you end up in what i call you know war and it could be war meaning you don't want to be friends anymore or you have a lawsuit or you just just you know end it that way sometimes you need to do that to me at my age and what i've been doing all these years i know there are solutions to every problem There are solutions to every conflict. However, the parties have to be willing to look at it and to be willing to engage in it. And some people would rather be right than happy. And you can't do anything about that.
1: And that's a hard one for a lot of people, especially those that are peacemakers, to accept that sometimes... You just can't resolve it because the other party is unwilling, and you just have to let it go and walk right. away.
0: Right. And and you can walk away with dignity. You can. You can say, you know, I appreciate how you're feeling, and whether or not you appreciate how I'm feeling, that's okay. I have to do what's right for me. You have to do what's right for you. That's how relationships end. It should end in a way where you know, we learned from each other. If it's a divorce, for example, you know, in my book, Fighting for Love, Turn Conflict into Intimacy, the first 11 chapters about are about how to really have a loving relationship. But our last chapter that we wrote was sometimes it's not meant to be anymore, but you can walk away with dignity. You can recognize, wow, this is what I learned from you, and this is what you've learned from me. And we can just be appreciative of each other for the time that we had together. And so this is about a growth opportunity. No matter what, everything in our lives, the way I feel about things, is everything in our lives is, an, is a lesson, is an opportunity to grow. Sometimes it's fun, and sometimes it's not so fun. But that's life, right? And yeah, that, it- You will have conflict. You will have conflict many times during the week. It doesn't have to be a combat.
1: Yeah, as you were talking about that, I was just thinking back on my my second divorce and how, you know, he cut me out of his life as if I, I had the plague or something. And I never really felt like I got closer. Around the conflict Right Isn't What would right? be your suggestion on For somebody that There's a conflict that you need to walk away You need to leave with dignity Whatever way you can But yet there's that feeling inside of you right. That you right. just want one more chance <laughs> To right. say to right. that person You hurt me so badly And what you were saying Made no sense But in their mind obviously it made sense
0: Right. Right. You know, I had something similar happen to me with a friend that I'd been best friend since I was really four years old, if you can imagine that. And and we're talking about for, I don't even want to tell you how many years, but, you know, decades and decades and decades. And um, her father, you know, she lived far away, but we were always really close. We'd come to see each other. I'd go to Chicago. She'd come to California. She moved to Arizona. I went to Arizona. This was a a friendship for many, 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 many years and um and when my mother died, she was on vacation. she said, "Should I come in?" I go, "No, you don't have to do that and i wasn't mad or anything and her dad died, and i said um would you this he was much older, he was already in his nineties, and I said, "Would you like me to come in? I'm happy to come in and she said, "Oh no, you know it's too much going on, and i have you know I'm, I have that." And, and so what ended up happening is, afterwards, she said, you missed my speech. I said, oh, send it to me. And she said, you didn't come in. And I mean, she literally told me not to come in, but she really wanted me to come in. And right. she wasn't being honest. And believe it or not, that cut off that relationship no matter what I said. She said I was selfish. She said I was insensitive, da 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 and we are no longer friends. And I have written her, and I've told her that. I, and I sent her a little. I, I always text her on her birthday, and I say, "Hope you and your family are wonderful." And I write something sweet, and I never hear back from her. Although last year I did get a thank you, but it, it was like, okay, I have to let it go. I can, I can only do so much. And then I, you know, I'm sad about that. This is like, you know, so many years of really good friends. I. I don't know how else I can, I I couldn't do anything about it. So I let it go. I send her love. I send her good things. for. I talk to her daughters on Facebook. One of them just had a birthday. I just sent a happy birthday. Love you, love to your family. I just have to let it go. Yes, there's there's that pain inside, but then I question my, this is about all about the questions, right? I ask myself, what is this in me that, has to resolve this. What is it in me that has this pain? What does it remind me of that I need to resolve within myself? I can let go and send love and just say, this is the way. This is, I can't change the other person. I can only change myself. What do I need to do to be okay and move on?
1: Oh, I love that. How about the question, right? Right. Let's say that one more time. What do I need to do? Go ahead, say it one more time.
0: Or what? What do I need to ask myself? Or what? You know, there's a lot of questions. It's not just one. What is it in me that can't let go of this? What? What does this remind me of of the past that I have to heal that I can't let go? How can I let go? And sometimes I just say, God, how can I let go of this? Because it is, this is not healthy for me. And how can I just send love across, you know, across the airways, you know? And I, I love do that. that on her birthday, on holidays. I just said, you know, I just send this to you, just send you this love. And and after many years of her not saying anything, the last time I sent her a birthday greeting, she said, "Thank you.
1: Hope you're fine too." You know, it was maybe you need to send her. Maybe you need to send her the recording of this show, Mari. <laughs> 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 or so listen to the last seven minutes of the show. and um, well, I and have to tell let you. go, you know. Yeah. I have to let go.
0: And yeah. I believe that everything is energy. So if I'm sending loving energy or healing energy to someone, I believe it gets there.
1: Okay. And, and I, I let go. I hate to cut you out up on that thought, but we're starting to run out of time. I want to make sure... You can tell everybody about your webinar and negotiation coming up and how they reach you, and you've got one minute to do that.
0: Okay. So if you'd like to be part of a free webinar on how to negotiate anything, really, and be successful, go just write an email to office at marifrank.com. It's coming up a week from Friday, December 6th, 12 o'clock Pacific time, And then Eastern time would be 3 o'clock, one hour. You just come in by Zoom. We'll tell you how to do it. It It's going to be fun, and you're going to engage with me. You can also go to marifrank.com and listen, you know, go and see what we've got going on. And then my radio show, Fighting for Love, Turned Conflict into Collaboration, just search that, and you can listen to archived interviews, and you can listen to my wonderful two interviews, that I've done with Laura Stewart,
1: who is amazing. Well, thank you so much. And everybody, uh, Mari also has a book, Fighting for Love, Turn Conflict into Intimacy. Mari, thanks for being on the show again today. You have such brilliant wisdom and great questions. Okay, thank
0: you,
1: Laura. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to you, too. And everybody, remember, the right questions can change your life. So what are you asking today? Give thanks today and always. It doesn't need Thanksgiving for you to thank those that you love. Hug someone you love for me and have a great day.
0: You've been listening to It's All About the Questions, starring Laura Stewart. Connect with Laura at itsallaboutthequestions.com and download a free workbook that will help you ask better
1: questions starting today.